0: So I was asked to speak about another of my research subjects. This I'm, What I'm going to report is mostly research which I did quite a number of years ago, before I got into the constitutional and public policy interests, which I spoke about this afternoon. And it's this. Uh, to introduce you to the eccentric genius of Lewis Carroll, and just to clarify, his work was on electoral systems rather than electoral behavior. Uh, <clears throat> I need to give you a bit of introduction to explain why voting procedures are more problematic than I think they intuitively seem. Uh, in order to get to the eccentric misunderstood mathematician who I will call Dodson throughout this talk, since it was his professional work, and that's his real name, uh, I also, we also need to get, via the person who discovered Dodson, who was a Scotsman by the name of Duncan Black, uh, who, as I say here, but for Black, who rediscovered Dodson. Nobody would have understood Dodson. I will explain Dodson's contribution to the axiomatic theory of voting, the pure mathematics of voting, if you will. Uh, if time permits, before drinks and library tours, I'll say something about Dodson's work on proportional representation, and I hope to end by speculating what is it about the theory of voting that attracts eccentric mathematicians. I like to think that I am neither eccentric nor a mathematician, but you can form your own view on that. Okay, uh, this of course will be very familiar to some people in the room, but completely strange to others, so uh, let me go by the the minimum case. There are three voters and three options. Voters one, two, three, options A, B, and C. And this is the opinion of the, of the three voters on the three options, best, middle, worst. Now, some people will immediately see that there is a symmetry in this diagram such that this case may be regarded as completely trivial. And indeed, this case is completely trivial, but it's a show and tell in order for me to assert, which is all I can do in the time available, that the general case is not trivial. Uh, So let's say this is a typical parliamentary procedure in which things are voted on two at a time. Uh, uh, Let there be a motion that A, whatever A is, and an amendment that B. Then it's easy to see if you take a vote on A versus B, then A beats B here. A beats B there, B beats A there. So A beats B by 2 to 1. Okay. Then we have proposal or person C. Uh, We take C against the survivor of the previous vote. C beats A, C beats A, A beats C. So C beats A by 2 to 1. So we have C is preferred to A, A is preferred to B, so, just as a consistency check, we check uh, C against B, and uh, those of you, a lot of you, will already be ahead of me. We uh, B beats C, B beats C, C beats B. Oops. Uh, this is not trivial. It may look trivial in this particular case, but if you think, as democratic theorists have for two and a half thousand years, that democracy is a value, and that democracy is something to do with the will of the people, and that the will of the people is formalised as do what the people want. What the people want here is they prefer A to B, they prefer B to C, uh, and they prefer C to A. So whatever you end up with, the people would rather have had something different. The particular instance is trivial, the general problem is not, in the literature it is called a cycle, the person who coined that word, cycle, was none other than C.L. Dodgson. Uh, in fact, the pamphlet in which he did it, uh, this is almost the unique copy, uh, and it is from the library here. Um, it's too valuable for me to allow you to uh, uh, finger it, which is why I, um, Paul Flather, kindly distributed a few copies, not enough for everybody, but... Uh, there are some sets of the cover page, of page nine, and of page 10, which are among my show and tells. Uh, A method of taking votes on more than two issues was produced right here in this college by Dodgson, a member of the governing body, for the benefit of his fellow members of the governing body. And it related to local controversies in fact, a very local controversy, uh, the results of which you can see in the uh, south-east corner of Tom Quad. Uh, there is a tower, a Victorian tower. It's a tower which uh, sits at the end of the magnificent hall, which is uh, one of the great buildings, etc. You know, this college has several of the greatest buildings of Oxford. One is the hall. Known to some people as what Cardinal Woolsey wanted, to other people as where Harry Potter was shot. <laughs> and in the court uh, and on the approach to the hall is the magnificent seventeenth century single pillar staircase, and on top of that is the tower, somewhat more controversial. Very controversial in Dodgson's time when the governing body, it seems, had many, many meetings on what sort of tower there should be and whose design you should take. Um, and the governing body was deadlocked. The architects were told that the college had resolved as it might be A, and, and then it had resolved it might be B, and then it has resolved it might be C. And whether in the actual case there was this cycle or not, it was certainly extremely difficult for the college to give instructions to, to any architect, to any architect because of the structure of opinion among the fellows, the students of Christchurch at the time. Uh, this when well, it was resolved I cannot tell you whether the design that we now have was the right one or even if it represented the will of the people, uh, the people in this case being the fellows of Christchurch but uh, it may be that that was a case which, in which opinion was actually cyclical and Dodson wrote this three pamphlets of which this is the third uh, to reveal, which reveal his deep understanding shared by nobody else at the time of the issues involved. Uh, so I have to backtrack to explain a little bit. Uh, with at least two voters and at least two options, a majority rule cycle, a term coined by Dodson, is always possible. From this fundamental finding, we, go, we can go into two directions. We can go towards impossibility, or towards existence results. Uh, Arrows' theorem proves that there are some things that you cannot have, and that has got some consolations because if you you can't have it, you can stop looking for it. In this case, a perfect electoral system. Uh, The two main existence theorems talk about things that you can have if the conditions are right. Uh, This relates to the second subject on on which Dodson wrote, which is proportional representation systems. These are simply a subset of choice systems, and he wrote about them in the 1880s. Uh, the three systems which I will refer to uh, are the Condorcet and Borda uh, aggregation systems. These systems were coined by two great, 18s, sorry, by one great and one... Uh, mid, middle grade uh, <laughs> it's mathematicians. Uh, I'm going to show in a moment how we can actually prove that their work was unknown to Dodgson when he recovered this terrain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the single transferable vote system, which will be familiar to um, all Brits as being what the British Liberal Party has advocated, indeed, since Dodgson's time. It came onto the agenda in Dodgson's life. Uh, so what are these rules? In brief, the Condorcet rule says <clears throat> you work in pairs, yeah, as it might be a resolution amendment procedure. You make exhaustive pairwise comparisons, as I just did in the toy example. You select the candidate or the option that beats each other, that wins every <coughs> pairwise contest. Problem, as I've just shown, the Condorcet winner may not exist. And this is a profound problem. So here's a simpler vote system the Borda rule, uh, not known except to social choice theorists under that name, but known to probably everybody in the room as what goes on in the Eurovision sum contest. Uh, you give a score, uh, and the, it actually doesn't matter what the numbers are, but the not common system is if there are n candidates, you give n, each voter gives n minus 1 for your top place, and 0, or nil point, to the uh, song or candidate or whatever it is that you write last and you simply add up the scores very simple system problem it violates independence axioms what is an independence axiom Uh, it's any of the class of axioms that says that the choice between as it might be and another toy example i always use in teaching this the choice between gore and bush Should not be affected by any changes in your opinion about Thomas Jefferson. Because Thomas Jefferson, sadly, is no longer available to do another term as President of the United States. Even if he were still alive, he would now be disqualified because he's done two terms. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which was not a constitutional restriction in his day, but it is now. Uh, But it's easy to construct an example. I haven't got time to do it this evening, but I, I, I can assert that the following is true, that if you use the border rule uh, and add up scores for the candidates, there are different interpret- different implementations, but under any implementation, uh, it's easy to show uh, that uh, if Gore beats Bush on one set of opinions about Thomas Jefferson, and then something changes. Uh, Where well, I used to teach this. I have taught this in the US just at the time when uh, the evidence that Thomas Jefferson had children by his slave Sally Hemings was becoming irrefutable. It had been denied by Jefferson's defenders for 200 years and the DNA more or less proved it. Uh, You can show that if people's opinion of Thomas Jefferson changes because of that fact, uh, and you were using the border rule to elect a president of the United States, then you can flip the election from Gore to, uh, to Bush or Bush to Gore. Uh, And although the example is silly, the axiom is profound, and the the fact the border violates it is profound. Um, Single transferable vote is the electoral system used in the Republic of Ireland, used by very, very, many clubs and societies and so on for their uh, internal elections. It is uh, claimed by its advocates to be the best electoral system, but as I gave you a foretaste, such a thing does not exist, uh, and STV, because it is an electoral system, must violate one of the conditions of Arrow's, at least one of the conditions of Arrow's uh, impossibility theorem, and indeed it does, um, and in fact specifically it violates Condorcy efficiency, that is to say that a, a system is Condorcy efficient if conditional on there being a Condorcet winner, the system selects him or her Always selects him or her it. STV does not that. And it actually also violates independence. So it uh, falls foul of both. Uh, nevertheless, it has been advocated by the Liberal Party and its predecessors for over 120 years. I've shown that. So, um, in order to get on to Dodson, I've got to go through this very quickly. It will be familiar to some of you, and it may strike you even after I've done my best effort as complete comedy good to others in the room. But what Arrow, um, Kenneth Arrow, quite stunningly proved in 1951, coming in from the uh, expectation which most of us would have as an intuition, that our conditions on a choice system might be quite demanding. We might want it to do quite a lot of things. Uh, What Arrow proved is, uh, however, even if you limit your ambitions to the most minimal possible uh, uh, desirable characteristics, you cannot satisfy them. Uh, Bold italic U is universal domain, which says that from any possible input of preferences, the the aggregation system must yield a definite output. Uh, The weak Pareto condition says that if every single person prefers X to Y, the the outcome should not rank Y above X. Independence I've already discussed, I won't give a formal version of Arrow's definition because that would take too long, but it's a a choice uh, requirement that the ranking of any two individuals should remain the same irrespective of people's changes of opinions about numbers three or four or addition or subtraction of numbers three or four. These are different versions of an independence axiom. D, dictatorship. Uh, There should be no dictator who is somebody whose preferences automatically translate into social orderings, irrespective of the opinions of any other. And the proof the theorem works by assuming that UP. and I apply and constructing examples which show that however, that however you cut it, there is a dictator. Uh, and all I can say to people who don't already know this is, number one, it's true, and number two, it is quite stunning. Nobody nobody expected Arrow's theorem. Um, The two main existence theorems, uh, one of them is contemporary with Arrow. Well, in fact, they both are, because Black's first version is before Arrow. Uh, In 1952, Kenneth O'May proved the following about simple majority rule between two alternatives. Uh, It's the only one, only rule, which satisfies these three properties, which we would normally regard as desirable. Uh, anonymity is the property that it doesn't matter who the voters are if you subtract one person and substitute another person the result doesn't change neutrality is the same property in relation to the options Um, if a vote let's say 5-4 one way it gets option y and everybody in the 5 switches and everybody in the 4 switches Uh, the, the, the system should then go flip to no uh, that's neutrality, positive responsiveness is the property that if you have a tie and at least one person changes or exactly one person changes, that turns from a tie to a win for the in the direction of the person who's changed. These are very informal definitions just to get us going. Um, what Duncan Blackwell explain a bit more about in a moment proves is that you can get out of arrows. Uh, Cave, if um, you have what is called single-peaked uh, uh, preferences, single-peakedness, to be clear, is a prof- is is a property of a profile, not of individual views. It's the property that, let's say, everybody in this room, uh, let's say, for the sake of argument, agrees that the Labour Party is left, the Conservative Party is right, and the Liberal Party is um, centre. That may actually be a controversial claim, but Uh, At any rate, uh, if the room then divides into three, four groups, sorry, uh, some of whom prefer Labour, and therefore regard Liberals as less bad than Conservatives. Some prefer Conservatives, and therefore regard Liberals as less bad than Labour. And then there are two groups, up to two groups of Liberal supporters, uh, each of whom put the Liberals top, and one group of whom prefers Labour to Conservative, the other prefers Conservative to Labour. If that is the profile of your opinion, And you are the people of the United Kingdom. Then we have what's called single peakedness. That guarantees that there are no cycles. Uh, So uh, the problem identified by Dodgson does not arise. Also, the choice rests on these three theorems: one impossibility result, one existence result, one uniqueness result. As I've already said, from Arrow. We can, we can stop looking for the best electoral system. It doesn't exist, and that's quite comforting. Uh, it helps people like me and the, uh, my colleagues to advise electoral systems designers. From the existence results, as I've just said, we can define the circumstances in which the problems rediscovered by Dodson do not arise. So here are his, uh, his main works. That's just a list. Uh, those of you who want to all follow this in more detail, I can. In the question time, I can uh, show you uh, the books in which I and others have republished these. Uh, in order to uh, get at the eccentric mathematician uh, Dodson, as I say, we need to understand the eccentric mathematician Duncan Black, a compatriot of mine born in, in, in near Glasgow. Uh, uh, as an undergraduate in Glasgow, uh, for the first time, he, he started... Uh, deciding that he would try to develop a pure science of politics. Uh, And he worked on this completely on his own, with nobody understanding what he was on about. Uh, And he got to his central theorem while, he tells us, he was fire-watching in Warwick Castle during World War II. Uh, But immediately having proved the uh, uh, existence theorem, he then discovered cycles, this being at least the third discovery after Condorcet and Dodson, And he tells us in his memoir that it made him feel sick. Uh, He published his work in these years, and once again, nobody understood what he was on about. He had difficulty, I mean, he was even threatened under what was the 1948 version of the RAE, that his standing at the University of North Wales in Bangor was, well, he believed it was imperilled because he wasn't publishing anything. Uh, then at some time in the 1940s I think between 1948 and the publication of his book version he discovered Dodson's work and he furthermore discovered that they he, Black, and Dodson had independently rediscovered the work of Borda and Condorcet in 18th century France and here I come to my main show and tell which is too delicate for me to pass around the room so I'm just going to tell the story this is the Histoire et mémoire de l'Académie royale des sciences for the year 1781. Uh, Christchurch had assiduous librarians in the 18th century, and while the young gentlemen were doing whatever a young gentlemen did in those days, uh, and the dons were doing whatever the dons did in those days, uh, I believe that in both cases it did not embrace very much scholarship, uh, the librarians were assiduously collecting the uh, the print the main the world 's leading scientific periodical this is the nature of its day it 's the proceedings of the French Royal Academy of Sciences uh, the Christchurch has a run which goes right back to the beginning of the of that academy in the seventeenth century here's the volume for seventeen eighty one The general editor was the Marquis de Condorcet, who was the general secretary of the academy and the it's laid out exactly the same as a modern uh, scientific periodical is, Nature, say, uh, that in the front are the editorials, in this case anonymous, but since Condorcet was the general secretary, we know that he wrote them, and in the back are the papers. And in the front, the editor, Condorcet, talks about a new voting method proposed by Monsieur de Borda, and it is superficially polite about it, but actually, Condorcet was a deadly enemy of Borda, uh, and it talks about the properties and some of the defects of Borda's system. Then on page 657, follows the Memoir sur les, sur les élections aux Scrutin par Monsieur de Borda, um, and the precise fact, and the reason that I can't al- invite everybody to handle this book, Um, uh, If you want to know what Borda said, we have it in translation uh, in our book, so don't try to read this for the book. What I want to show, very delicately, is that the opening between pages 657 and 661 is uncut, and the opening between 661 and 664 is also uncut, so Dodson didn't read it. Uh, of course I'm not completely successful in proving a negative, he could have gone to the Bodleian and read the Bodleian copy but uh, I think it is overwhelmingly improbable that he would have used any copy other than the one which was sitting in the library which was directly opposite his, his rooms in Peckwater so this, was, this is not my demonstration it was Black who found this fact out back in the 1940s, this volume had the pages of Border's paper uncut and they still are So you can see why I'm very grateful indeed to the Library of Christchurch for letting me show and tell, and why it had to be under very strict conditions, such as that that I not cycle between Christchurch and Nuffield with it in the bathroom. So I'm pretty well done. Dodson's contribution, in summary, uh, is that he rediscovered and characterised the border rule. Uh, he, his first pamphlet advocates what we now know as border. He then changed his mind for the third pamphlet uh, because he discovered that the border rule was Condorcet inefficient. He finally proposed what well, I don't have time to describe, but those of you who got sight of pages nine or ten can see that he's working his way towards uh, a hybrid of Condorcet and border, which in the literature is called the Dodson rule. He was the first to use the word cycle, and he was the first to use matrix notation, which we use now, and um, uh, those of you who've got the show and tells on page 9 and 10 can see the matrices that he constructed for voting preferences. Uh, on proportional representation, I haven't got time to talk about it at any length. Black originally thought that Dawson's work was trivial, but he later realized that it was not, and in fact he wrote a whole book, which never got published in his lifetime, in Black's lifetime, but we have published it, uh in which he works out what what dodgson did and what dodgson did was apply game theory and it's not surprising that dodgson's work was hard to understand because game theory had not been invented in other words he used what we would now recognize as game theory but uh, a, 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 a a branch of mathematics for which the notation had not yet been invented to come to an important conclusion which is about single non-transferable verb this is a different system to stv is a system in which each voter has only, well, has um, M votes where M is fewer than N, N, uh, N number of seats. m could be one. That's the limit of these, this class of systems. Uh, if each voter has one vote and there are multiple seats to fill, um, that may strike many of you as a crazy system. Uh, Dodson showed that in equilibrium, it had the same consequences as a single transferable vote. That's to say if everybody is rational and anticipates everybody else's rationality. This was, not a, this was not a joke problem, because in his own time, this system was introduced in what was called the Cairns Amendment to so the Second Reform Act uh, as the electoral system in use in the big cities, uh, uh, Liverpool, Birmingham, Manchester, and so on. Um, in Birmingham, the then-liberal the then leader, Joe Chamberlain, um, uh, outwitted it by dividing the city into three zones. Uh, There were three liberal candidates, and in Zone A, you had to vote for A and B. In Zone B, you voted for B and C. In Zone C, you voted for A and C, and you got all three in. That shows not that the system was bad, but that uh, Chamberlain was rational. Uh, There is correspondence with Lord Salisbury, the leader of the opposition at the time, a Christchurch alumnus, uh, which I had hoped to show, but it turns out that Christchurch's copies of the Salisbury papers were moved back to Hatfield House in the 1970s, so they no longer exist here. Final thought. What is it? Uh, These guys were all mad in the view of their contemporaries. Probably the maddest in the view of his contemporaries is the Arabist in time of these, Ramon Lule, a Catalan mathematician who believed that it was possible to prove axiomatically that Christianity was correct and that Judaism and Islam were false. Not only did he believe that, but living on the island of Mallorca, which was then right on the frontier between Christian and Muslim Spain, he made numerous trips uh, into Muslim Spain and into North Africa to try to persuade Muslim rulers that his mathematics was correct. Uh, and yet he lived to be eighty. Uh, uh, I haven't time to talk about uh, the others individually, so I'll just say... Here's the puzzle. Almost nobody understood what any of them was talking about in their time, including Dawson. Uh I leave you with the thought that this may be one of the perils of common sense. Common sense tells many people that voting systems are easy, but they aren't. <laughs>